Hey guys, I'm Lorena and thanks for checking out this message today. We're so glad that you're here and we want to connect with you and your family. So please text River Connect to 97000 and you can also um, visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and all the upcoming events we have. And lastly, if you want to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321 or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and we hope that you enjoy today's message. A lot of you know, right, I grew up in Florida. And when you're in Florida and it's Christmas season, right, it's, it's kind of difficult to get into the Christmas spirit. But as a kid, as a child, you know, there's nothing that gets you into the Christmas spirit more than presents, right? And, and waking up and seeing presents and getting excited, right, to open your presents. And for me, there was always one present that I would ask for every single year, right? And the variation kind of changed, but for the most part, it was the same present every year that I wanted. And most of the time I got it. It was Legos, right? Legos were the thing that I wanted. I wanted Legos. That's all I wanted. I loved Legos and specifically Star Wars Legos. Star Wars Legos were my thing, right? They were just kind of beginning to come out and I was like, yes, I will have them all. I'll do whatever it takes to get them. So birthdays, Christmas, I asked for Legos. And I remember there was one specific Lego set that I got that I was particularly excited about, and it was Darth Vader's TIE Fighter. Now, some of you are like, Darth Vader's TIE Fighter? I have no idea what that is. That's okay. You don't need to know for the sake of the story. But that was what I was excited for. And it even had, like, you could press down on Darth Vader's Lego head and his lightsaber would light up. Like, I was, it was hype, right? And so I immediately got to work, built it, and for me, that was what I took everywhere. I took that thing everywhere because I'm like, man, I'm going to get use out of it. I'm, I'm excited. And one of the places that I decided to take, to take it was my mom's volleyball practice. Growing up, my mom was a volleyball coach for the local high school. And so she, uh, she would, you know, host practices like every day and, uh, she would drag me along there. And so I remember there was one specific practice that I brought my Lego set to and, you know, I was just, doing my thing, sitting over in the corner, minding my own business, you know, pretending, you know, fly my Darth Vader TIE fighter. Uh, and all of a sudden, a volleyball gets spiked in my direction. Now, of course, I don't care about volleyball. I care about my Darth Vader TIE fighter. And so I am completely unaware to the impending doom that is about to befall me. And of course, you know, it smashes into my Darth Vader TIE fighter and, you know, Legos are not indestructible. And so that thing hits out of my hand, hits the gym floor and shatters into a million pieces. And with it, my heart shattered into a million pieces, right? Because here's the thing. Once that Lego TIE fighter broke, it's never getting put back together the same way, right? Especially when you lose all the pieces underneath bleachers and in ball carts and all different places, right? As, as long as I wanted to look for those pieces, there were still some missing pieces, right? There was still something where it was like, man, I'm missing this. And, and regardless of all the Legos I had at home, I didn't have that exact piece and that exact color. And so I could never get it back to what it was. In fact, it's probably still sitting in my parents' attic half put together, right? And it, it's interesting because when I, I think about that story, as humorous as it is, I see a very clear depiction of our world. 
right? Our world, if you look at it, is clearly missing pieces, right? There's clearly something that isn't quite fitting together, that isn't quite working together as it should be. It doesn't look like it should. And it's, it's because, truthfully, we've lost some pieces. And as I look at all the different pieces that we lost, one of the ones that stands out to me the most is peace. Not P-I-E-C-E, P-E-A-C-E, right? Peace. One of the biggest pieces we're missing is peace itself. And we're going to talk a little bit about why that is and what the solution is this morning. But if you would, bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Lord, once again we come to you this morning and we ask that you would show us truth. You would help us to understand your word. You help us to understand what it means for us. And you'd help us to see the glorious picture of Christmas and what it means for us. Lord, we love you in your precious and holy name. Jesus' name, amen. And so we've been, if you've been uh, in church the last couple weeks, we've been going through this series called Expecting. And I, I've talked about just how, how much I love that title because it's such a great play on words, right? We're expecting Jesus. Mary, you know, is expecting. She is pregnant with child, with baby Jesus. But also, the entire Old Testament, all, everything leading up to Jesus being born on Christmas is you know, showing that there's this expectation of something coming. And that expectation is for a missing piece to be given to us, to be returned to us. And this missing piece is a person, right? It is a Savior that is sent from God to us. And this morning, we see uh, throughout the Old Testament that the, this, this person or this, this peace, this Savior, is laid out and it is foretold over and over and over, all the way starting in Genesis and going throughout the whole of the Old Testament. And we've been looking specifically at a verse in Isaiah chapter 9. If you have your Bibles with me, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. And in Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse 6, we're given kind of this description of what this missing piece looks like and what his job description kind of is as our savior and it's given all these different titles for who he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do in our world it says this in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace right and so we've taken a look at each of those different titles and this week we come to this final title here prince of peace now it's interesting because when you talk about peace people have all different manner of things that they immediately think of when they think of peace, right? You could think of wars and how we need peace because there's so many conflicts in our world and there needs to be peace. Or you could be thinking about maybe some turmoil and you're, you're really hoping for a peaceful holiday, right? You might have some time off from work and you're hoping that your vacation time will be peaceful and nice. Or maybe you're thinking about 
the holidays and getting around or getting together with family and sitting around the Christmas tree and, and sitting uh, or around a table and you're just hoping and praying that people can be peaceable with each other. Right? There's all these different variations of the peace that we're looking for, or more importantly in our world right now, peace that we are lacking. And so this morning we're going to take a look at a couple different ideas of peace, what that peace means, and how Jesus, right, our Savior, brings us peace. How He is the Prince of Peace. He is the provider of peace to us. So turn with me to Romans chapter 1. I love the book of Romans. If you are looking to try and understand what salvation means or the very basics of what it means to follow Jesus, turn to the book of Romans. You will have a lot of questions. I will love to sit down and try and answer those questions, but it is a fantastic book to start off in. And in Romans chapter 1, Paul, as he's writing to the Romans, he lays out this very clear need that the world has, that humanity has. And he says, there is, there is two people and they have been pitted against each other by the actions of one. And it says this, Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18, and then we're going to jump down to verse 24. It says this, Romans 1, 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And then jump down to verse 24. He continues. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so we see that there's this, there's this clear missing piece, right? At some point, and we know that to be at the very beginning of humanity, sin was introduced in the world. And what sin is, is this disobedience from God. It's something that is totally against who God is. Whether it's a white lie, which is the telling of untruth, or it is murder and killing, right? These things are, go against who God is. He is trustworthy. He is truth, and he is life, right? And you can apply those to all manner of different sins that his word teach us. But that sin is against God, and it created this, this separation. And in this separation, God... He was angered because it was not what he designed, right? He saw, if you want to push this analogy, right, the Lego set that he built, it was perfect and it was complete. And what we did in our sin is we came in with a sledgehammer and we destroyed it and we threw away necessary pieces. And he saw this and his wrath was kindled, his anger was kindled and he said, what he said is, all right, you want to live ungodly lives, I will turn you over to your ungodliness. You will have to deal with the consequences of your decisions. And he gave us into the lust of the hearts and our impurities, the dishonoring of our bodies among ourselves, because what we did is we exchanged the truth of what God, of who God is, he is a good God who loves us and designed us to be in relationship with him for a lie that we could have it all or that we could be God. 
And we exchanged worshiping Him, the Creator who is good and perfect, for worshiping ourselves, the creature, rather than the Creator. But the reason that we celebrate Christmas is because Christmas is a representation of God's incredible plan of love for us. He saw this need, and though his wrath was kindled against us, his love still was there and rang true, and he desired for us to have salvation, to be saved. He desired for us to find the pieces that we lost in our own destruction. And on Christmas, he gave us his son, Jesus Christ, who was born in a manger, a helpless and innocent child that the Savior of the world was. And we celebrate Christmas because the solution to our problem was presented. You see, what our prince does, who, what Jesus does is he brings peace with God. Right? In our sin, we are at war with God. The scripture says we are at enmity with God, which is we are at odds with, we are fighting, we are rubbing each other the wrong way, but in the most extreme way. But God loved us enough that he provided the solution. He gave us the solution to our peace problem. Because Jesus, who came on Christmas, he lived, and he lived a perfect life. He lived a life that was without sin. And in the face of temptation, he did not sin. And then Jesus gave himself as a sacrifice to take the fullness of God's wrath upon himself so that we can have peace with God. So that he could satisfy the wrath of God that was revealed from heaven against us because of our ungodliness. He was perfectly godly, yet he took that wrath upon himself, that wrath that we see talked about in Romans 1.18. And turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Paul continues right after he talks about you know, the reason why we are at enmity with God. He says, but here is what the solution is. Here is the missing piece. Here is the thing that you've been missing that this Prince of Peace will bring you. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith in this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see, the beauty of Christmas is hope came to earth. Hope came to us, a broken people who had chose to worship the creature over the creator, and peace was given to us as a child born in a manger. And that child grew up and lived perfectly and went to the cross so that wrath could be satisfied. That through him and through the faith in which he gives us, we have grace. We have forgiveness for our sins. And so there's this beautiful picture of Jesus as the Prince of Peace who brings us peace 
with God. Right? That is the first missing piece. Our peace, P-A-C-E, peace with God. Right? You guys are probably getting tired of me saying peace, but bear with me. We got more, right? But the thing is, Jesus expands upon this idea, right? He, he gives us this very thing that we need, right? This peace with God. He gives that to us. And though that would be sufficient, though that is an incredible gift that is good news, he gives us all the more. He says, here's the thing. If you confess with your mouth, And believe in your hearts that I am Lord. If you follow me, you can have that salvation. You can have peace with God. But as you follow me, you will have peace here on earth. As you follow me, as you follow my words, as you obey the instructions that are given to you in God's word, you will have peace here on earth. And that happens in a twofold way. The first is, You'll have peace internally. And the second is you'll have peace externally. And what I mean by that is like internal peace is like, you know, it's it's so prevalent in our world to deal with a lack of peace in our lives, right? An anxiety, a worry, fear, just overall troubledness or tiredness, exhaustion, right? That is that internal lack of peace that we have, a restlessness that we feel because we are broken and we're missing that peace. But then there's that external peace, right? And that is being at peace with each other, being, seeing the peace of the world from something as a thousand feet up as wars and rumors of wars and conflicts in our world all the way down to a lack of peace with each other. Conflict from one individual to another. Fights, frustration, deep wounds, deep hurt that happens. And that grows even more a lot of times over this holiday season. And so there's clearly a need for peace here on earth, right? A restlessness, a hurt that is happening here. And so we look to Jesus, and what Jesus says is, as you follow me, I will give you internal and external peace. And the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 13, he talks about what this is. And as we close, we're kind of going to get to look at two distinct verses that talk about his life, and how he brings about peace as we follow him, and then a promise that is given to us regarding peace in our lives. So in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, it says this, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, according in us, or working in us, that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so he, he gives this beautiful benediction as he's closing 
this book in Hebrews and he talks about, you know, that original sin problem, right? Where he talks about, all right, through the blood of the eternal covenant, right? Through Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, we've been given peace with God. But then he also describes himself or he describes Jesus as a good shepherd. Now, we don't really have shepherds in our world that we like see wandering around Davison. Maybe in Goodrich you might see that, right? But, but for us, and I know that I live in Goodrich, right? I, I've seen it. Uh, but really, to understand what he's saying here, we have to understand the role of a shepherd. Now, a shepherd is designed to protect his sheep, right? If you just leave sheep out to wander around, you know, in modern days, they get hit by a car worse than deer, right? And so sheep, they need protecting. And the protecting comes in three different ways. The first one, you probably could understand, right? Protect it, protection from predators, right? There's predators in the world that would love to eat some sheep, whether it's bears or in their case, uh, specifically uh, over in Israel, like lions and bears, right? Those things they needed protection from. But the second is protection from each other, right? They would get in squabbles. They would, you know, fight for whatever reason. And one of them could end up severely injured or hurt or even dead. And the last one is protection from themselves, right? Sheep are incredibly dumb. They will wander into the most terrible circumstances. They will walk right off a cliff and not even know. And so... The role of the shepherd is to guide them in all these three areas to protect them from predators, protect them from each other, and protect them from themselves. Christ is our shepherd, right? He has originally saved us through his blood, right? And given us peace with God, and he's bought us or brought us into his flock. But as we are part of his flock and we are our his sheep, He must protect us, protect us from outside forces, right? There are things in our world that are trying to tear us down, whether whether it's people, whether it's situations, whatever it may be, there are things that are trying to destroy our peace. And our good shepherd provides us instruction on how to handle those situations. But then it also gives us he, or as our shepherd, he also gives us peace and protection from each other. If you've been in church before, you know people don't always get along. That's the nature of humanity. We are sinful. We mess up. We make mistakes. We do things that we shouldn't do. And even when it comes to families, and it goes to church, or it goes to our world, right? There is enmity between each other that forms. And so As our shepherd, Jesus leads us in how to interact with one another so that we can have peace with each other, even sometimes when the other person doesn't want it. And the last thing that Jesus does as our shepherd to help us have peace is he protects us from ourselves. I don't know about you, but I get myself into a lot of trouble. Whether it's external trouble or it's internal trouble, I find myself reeling, hurting, worrying, feeling anxiety, stressed, in difficult situations, in hard decisions, dealing with internal wounds, both past and present. That's me. And I need protection from myself. I need healing. 
I need instruction on how to deal with those things, on how to walk through those things in my life. And what the writer of Hebrews closes, he says, how this good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who brought us into his flock, how he gives us peace is he provides us that which is necessary to attain that. And he's given that to us in his word, in scripture. And this is not just a ploy for, you know, me to like get you to read your Bibles because, you know, I get some, you know, per diem or I guess, you know, I get commission for you reading your Bible. That's not at all what it is. I look and I see the way in which our shepherd has given us instructions on how we can have peace in our circumstances, how we can have peace with each other, how we can have peace when external forces are trying to tear us down. And he says, he gives that to us in his word. The peace is found in him. And we see that this truth that comes from the gospel and this truth that comes from his word is promised to us again in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And it says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a very personal truth, right? It's a truth that we can cling on to in those times of chaos, in those times of fear, in those times of turmoil, in times of trouble. We can cling to the promise that we see in Philippians chapter 4, 7, right? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which doesn't make sense all the time, we will have and it will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That peace comes from Christ Jesus. That peace comes from His Word. That peace is very true and very present. Scripture says that He is a very present help in times of trouble. I don't know about you, but this last year I've had a lot of trouble that I've needed a very present help in. And I'm sure next year I'll have a lot of trouble that I'll need a very present help in. And that help is peace. A prince of peace. A peace with God and a peace with others. And a peace within myself. That only comes from Christ Jesus and His Word. So this Christmas season, we celebrate hope coming. We celebrate Peace coming. We celebrate Christ Jesus and His birth. Because you know what His birth means? He lived and He died and He rose again that we might have peace. If you're in need of peace this year, if you're in need of peace today, Christ Jesus offers it to you. He offers it to you in the form of salvation, right? Maybe you're here and and you came and and you have no idea about this whole church thing. You have no idea about this whole following Jesus thing, but you look and you're saying, man, I'm in need of some peace. I got some serious questions, but I am in need of some peace today. I would love to talk to you about how Jesus Christ can be your peace. Or maybe you're sitting here and you've been a believer for a long time, but you're really just struggling to see how that peace plays out in your life. The Lord still offers you peace. 
The Lord still offers you a very present help. He offers you a peace which surpasses all understanding, both in your relationships, both in confidence, knowing that you are protected in the, in the face of troubles in this world, and in an internal peace as you struggle with turmoil. He offer the, offers that to you, and that comes from His Word. And I would encourage you, turn into His Word. Dive into the Scripture. If you need help, if maybe you need a Bible reading plan or you need a devotion or you need just some ideas on where to start, I would love to help you with that. Answer any questions you may have. Or as you read and maybe you fail to understand some things, I'd love to help explain some things or give clarity in certain situations. But ultimately, Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace and He offers all of us, each one of us, peace in our present turmoil. He is the missing peace that we need. Let's pray together. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we love you. Lord, we are so incredibly thankful of the peace that you offer us, of the truth that you give us. Lord, I pray for each person in this room as they may need peace in a hundred different facets of their lives, Lord. I pray that they would look for one solution, and that that is you and your word which you give us that teaches us and guides us. And ultimately, salvation which only comes from you and only comes through confession and belief in our hearts that you are Lord and that we need you as Savior. Though we love you, we thank you in your precious and holy name. Jesus' name, amen. As we close our, our gathering this morning, uh, we're going to do something kind of unique to Christmas. And it, it's, it's a candle lighting. You should have received a candle when you came in. I got two. Uh, but you should have received a candle when you came in. Uh, if you don't, uh, we'll have some people who can give those to you. But the idea of a candle lighting, the reason why we do it is not just because we love tradition or because we, you know, we like fire, even though I like fire. Uh, it's because in John chapter 1, as John is laying out the picture of his gospel, uh, of who Jesus is, he talks about this coming Savior and who this coming Savior is and who he's supposed to be. And in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so in our world that's missing some pieces, that's broken, that's dark, He is light. And so we light candles to represent God giving us the light. The light of the world, which is salvation. And as we go through our worlds, and as we live for Jesus, we share that light and we show that light to others. And it spreads and it grows and it is not overcome by the darkness. And this peace came to us first, or this light came to us first 
in the form of a child, which we read in, in a multitude of passages, but specifically we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. It says this, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to a firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in this very humble picture of the birth of Jesus, we receive the light of salvation, the light of the world that cannot be overcome in darkness. And that's why we do this candle lighting. So a couple instructions as we close when we do the candle lighting. First off, uh, as uh, some ushers come forward, they're going to light the, the candles on the interior aisles, and you'll pass your light from one to the other. Now, if this is the candle that's lit, take the candle that's unlit and dip it like this, because this way you'll get wax all over yourself and all over everything. So you want to make sure that you do it this way. And also, we just want to make sure, parents, please be watching your kids. We trust you. You know, if you think they should have a candle, that's great. But please, we would like to not have a fire this morning. So just be watching them. But we're going to pray, and then we will sing Silent Night, and we will uh, light our candles together. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for being the light of the world. We thank, that, thank you that you gave us this gift and this humble picture of a manger in Bethlehem. Lord, and we thank you that no amount of darkness could overcome the light that you've given us. And this morning we celebrate and we remember the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, and what it means to us, life in the form of light, shining in the darkness, the salvation and the truth. Lord, we love you in your precious and holy name. Jesus' name, amen.